Today on the Higher Self Leadership Podcast, I have the very first conversation episode. My dear soul sister, Chip Skinner, is joining me for this amazing conversation where we dive into giving yourself permission to create, to share your magic with the world, to lead through your magic. And I'm so excited for you to hear this conversation because as you'll hear her when you listen, I received all of Chip's wisdom on such a deep resonant level. So I know that you will as well. This episode is just packed full of beautiful words and sentiments and ideas and possibility and magic. And at the same time, it's so grounded in giving you permission to resource yourself, to create your own tools and practices. And Chip shares several of hers that she has created over her lifetime that have just really changed the way that she shows up as a leader in her life and in the corporate world. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Chip Skinner. Okay. Are you ready for Invisible Bubble? I, I'm okay. so ready for Invisible Bubble. I need a bubble. Okay. So this is what I do. When I'm feeling overwhelmed or when I feel like there's lots coming at me or I'm just not sure how to kind of balance and regroup and there's things that are just flowing too much for me to even grasp. So I do that. I close my eyes and I imagine, and I even take my hands and move them around, that I'm putting on an Invisible Bubble. This is great for us to do for ourselves. We can do it for kids. Um, We can help others put it on or people can put it on themselves. And just imagine that you're building this bubble around you. And whatever color you want it to be, it can be. So today, mine is clear. And it's letting in all the sunshine and all the warmth. And inside my bubble, I'm staying warm and guided and grounded And outside, there might be noise or there might be busyness going on. There might be things coming at me that I just might not be ready for. And my bubble is that beautiful layer between me and everything else going on externally that allows me to stay in a wonderful centered spot within it, still witnessing what's going on out there, but not having to take it in energetically. It's like a beautiful energetic barrier. You can feel all the work. And the light. You're welcome. <laughs> Bubble is on. <laughs> I think that practice is so extraordinary. And also, I think even if I would have just done it for myself, it wouldn't have been, it would have, it would not have had the same effect. I think I needed your help for that today. Um, I was just talking to a friend earlier today that feels like I am you know see you see movies from outer space where they often encounter like a an asteroid belt or something like that and the spaceship is just navigating its way through all of this debris and the debris is tearing and interfering with the force field around the ship and then some of it hits the ship and maybe knocks it off course a little bit that's how I feel right now. I feel like I'm navigating through an asteroid belt (laughs) or I don't know if that's what it's called, but that's what I I picture. Yeah. 
and all of my coping practices, methods, numbing, all, all of the things I'm doing, of which it's quite a lot. Yeah. Is not really getting getting me there. And so I think what's happening is there's a new level of the nervous system function I'm being invited into. Inviting <laughs> invited is a very gentle word for how I'm being invited in, but <laughs> I'm being thrust into. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> yeah. Aww. You know, you know how when you speak things out, a lot of the time it can mm-hmm. really help clarify for you what you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. And talking earlier, it, it became you know, I asked the question at the beginning of my explanation, is this just something that's happening right now, or is this the new thing I'm being asked to regulate inside of? And then I answered my own question, and that that is it. It's it's the next level of turbulence and being able to be grounded and still and regulated inside of the turbulence. Yeah. And it feels like a very big edge for me right now to meet this new baseline. Mm-hmm. Usually when, and I know we'll get into introducing you and like <laughs> taking the podcast and everything, but for now we've just led right in. Everyone, I'm Brienne. Chip has joined me on this podcast episode. I'll, we'll introduce her in a second, but we're just going to flow. I love it. Usually when I get a signal, oh, I'm getting a nervous system upgrade or, oh, I'm being asked or shown to step up in this way or to prepare in this way. Mm-hmm. It feels very much like uh, a little sneak preview or Sometimes it can feel extremely triggering and dysregulating, but it's only in that moment or in those few hours or in that day or week. And now I feel like the past few months have felt this way and I have not find, I have not found a way to get back to the real baseline or the center and some mm-hmm. um, feeling it's a very new level yeah. of dysregulation to navigate. You're before, before we do the introduction, I'm curious, what if any of that are you feeling over there in your bubble? <laughs> bubble. Right now my bubble's good, but outside my bubble it's cray cray. Um, no, but I think, I think you touched on two really big things. One is just like the, and I'm just going to call it chaos, but everything that's going on right now, um, in the world, but energetically as well. And I, I think sometimes for those of us that really relate to that energetic world where we relate to energy and we can walk into a room and feel what's going on before we can verbalize it. I think a lot of us have that. Just not everybody knows how to talk about that or feels comfortable talking about it. Um, but I do think that there's a lot going on with our world right now. Energetically, we've got more radiation around us than we've ever had. We've got more screens, more tablets, more phones, more towers going up. And I've noticed a massive difference over the last couple of years as I'm watching this stuff happen in the environment and noticing my own health and energetic go, wait a second. And so I, 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 I'm similar that I'm constantly sort of seeking out different ways to be like, okay, ground, okay, just have some stillness, have some quiet. Like my, my year this year, my theme word is slow. 
And that's by design. Cause I'm like, there's a lot going on. And I just, I need, I need slow in order to speed up. If that makes sense. I need to like ground in order to get where I'm going, but the world has a lot going on. And I think that what you're talking about, I can definitely relate to because even going away this past you know weekend with my family skiing and it was incredible. We went to a ski hill, but there's no cell phone service, which means there's no towers, which means there's nothing buzzing, yeah. which means all day in the sun and you come out and you feel incredible. And I haven't felt like that in a long time. And it was just reaffirmation for me that I think so many people right now are hard on themselves. They're you know, and I'm, I'm all for like eating well and getting outside and doing all those wonderful things. But I think sometimes people are hard on themselves going like, why I'm doing X, Y, Z, and I'm doing five pushups and I'm doing, you know, jumping jacks and eating the green juice and da da. Why don't I feel, and, and there's a lot coming at people and I don't think it's people's fault. There's a lot going. And so that energy bubble that we just did, um, for me is simple, but it makes a lot of sense. And I feel like sometimes when we lean into simplicity and we can picture it, even if nobody else can see it, but we can lean into that simplicity, it just goes miles. It goes so far for us. And our grounding admits this world that is kind of chaotic right now. And that isn't anyone's fault for that chaos. I'm smiling over here because, you know, this is, I'm recording with you today, but I also recorded the conversation I was, I mentioned earlier And one of the key themes that came through the whole conversation was simple. And I literally have it in this journal. It's circled. Do you see simple? (laughs) Uh, And it was, it came up, it emerged because I think often we live in such complexity or perceived complexity that we feel like simple answers and solutions are too obvious or too contrived, too cliche. And we discount them when they are the elixir to the complexity. Yeah. And, you know, you can't solve complexity with more complexity. Mm -hmm. And when you were talking about the skiing and the slowness, it's like, wow, we live in this world full of polarity and duality and binary. But sometimes, and sometimes it can be the opposite can be rooted in the same energetic expression. And so it doesn't necessarily help. But sometimes I think the opposite is the elixir to balance, like the fast, the slow, the slow is the elixir. Yeah. In complexity, the simplicity is the elixir. <laughs> you know, like. That's so well put. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that just, I mean, obviously the synchronicities of the conversations and the themes, but it just really struck me how sometimes that really exists. And I think that really gets at the crux of everything I study <laughs> related to the gene keys, which is inside of every shadow or fear or problem or unhealthy expression mm-hmm. is the nuggets of wisdom that is the elixir. It is the gift. It is the the slowness to the hustle. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love how you put that, the elixir. That's so well put. That's exactly yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. So who the hell are you and why are you here? <laughs> Let's start that. It's so my and- bubble. 
right? 10 minutes in. <laughs> oh, I love <laughs> Who's it. talking here? Okay, so, well, I'm, I think it's my podcast, so people should know who I am, but you are Chip. Yes. Chip, yes. <laughs> you and I met, was it in 2021? I think so. We've never met in person, I believe yeah. in 2021, although time is hysterical right now. Uh, yeah. You and I were part of a group of women that were going through a program together focused on remembrance. Yes. And, you know, remembering our gifts and all of that. And uh, we've stayed connected since then. We've yeah. danced together many, many weeks out of every year. Yes. Tuesday nights on Strange Magic. We've had many a Zoom call mm-hmm. and WhatsApp message. And we we have talked about recording podcast <laughs> episodes together for what feels like a millennia. <laughs> because every time we talk, I'm always like, why did we not record that? Uh, there is so much wisdom in there. And I think specifically today, we want to talk a lot about how to bring your magic forward and mm-hmm. be the you that you are inside of any scenario, but specifically inside of the corporate machine. Yeah. And we've had this, uh, you know, conversation in different ways before, but yeah. I'm really excited to dig in with you around that particular topic and the practices that you've honed over time and how it's mm-hmm. changed your perspective as a leader all of these things, but before I get carried away and whisk us off again without introducing you, <laughs> would you please let everyone know who the heck you are and what you're all about? And I hate being put on the spot with that. So hopefully you like to introduce yourself a little bit more than I do, but however you want to do it, you have free permission to present yourself in whatever manner you'd like. Thank you. Oh, that's such a wonderful lead up to intro. I like that we started with bubbles. So I think that gives the <laughs> the summary there of kind of where I where I'm at in my world. But but no, I as you said, like I'm Chip and I, you know, if I had to sum it up, I'm many things. I am a proud mama of two sweet girls, um, happily married to my hubby. I've got a rescue dog. We live in a small town. I get to hang out with horses. Um, I work for an organization and I specialize in project management there uh, for different system optimizations and things like that, uh, sales operations. Um, And I have a passion for listening to that magic within and finding that magic within others. And that might be trees, kids, animals, colleagues, whatever that is. Um, And the cool thing about it is how you and I united is that we were part of that program, which was fantastic where we uh, got to connect with each other and with other women. And it was all virtual at a time when the world was going through lockdown after lockdown and don't connect and don't talk about things. And we just, we just opened up every door and talked about everything. It was beautiful. And I learned in that moment how wonderful it was to connect with other women, show up and be vulnerable and hold space for others. And that's where we started our dance journey too. So you've been graciously hosting a weekly dance journey where we show up and we dance and it's been such a gift to go through that process with my young kiddos watching their silly mom dance around hug trees um, and dip into that inner magic that 
I always knew about when I was little, but I didn't always feel like I had the confidence to talk about. And then I found a group with you and with others where we could talk about magic. And I finally felt like there's a place to call home. <laughs> and so here we are doing this lovely podcast where we get to talk about all the things that light us up and how we embrace that in the many areas of our life that we get to dance in. If that's the corporate world, if that's, you know, our families, our friends, nature, what that might be. So thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. <laughs> oh, the pleasure is all mine. Now, is, that, is that what people say? I love that you say that you've been dancing all over because you have literally, but also figuratively been dancing in the corporate world based on the stories that you shared with me. <laughs> Tell me about your journey because I know you've done something that very few people tend to do these days, which is you have worked at the same corporate, like big company for over, is it 15 plus years? Yeah, like, it's a long time, right? Like it's a long time. It's like a full high school child's <laughs> worth of a lifetime yeah. that you have worked at one company, yeah. Yeah. which is like unheard of these days. I know. What the heck has that been like? And ha- I, we'll dive in more, but that's my first question. Share a little bit about that journey. Yeah. So I was, um, you know, lucky enough to start off with the company I'm at when it was a little bit smaller in, in the town that where I'm at. And it was family owned and all of us would go and help out and, and work. And then the, the company sort of grew and grew and was bought out a few times. And, and now it's a larger corporation that we're a part of. Um but it was neat because I got to wear many different hats and I got to show up at different stages in my life, like right out of high school. And I went back to university and I come back after university. And so in total, it's been almost 17 years. Well, yeah, just over 17. Um, and, you know, from helping out in the warehouse to helping out in finance, to learning how to enter orders, to supporting the sales reps, to being a sales rep, to being a sales leader, to getting the project management, to getting into department management. Um, so it's been many different hats, but, I think the, the really neat thing that I have been so blessed with is as my life has changed, as I've had circumstances change where, oh, I've got kids now, or I've got this, or, you know, okay, I'm, I've, I've got to, you know, drop everything to, to pick up so-and-so to take them to their gymnastics class. Um, where I've worked has always been flexible and understanding. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is life. Um, and then they were okay with me if I needed to work a late hours or whatever, and I'm emailing at weird times, that's fine too. Um but then I see about it is as, as I have gotten older, um, I have been so fortunate that my place of employment and also my, my personal realm, I've been able to sort of root into who I really am. And that's been okay where I, where I work. And it's, you know, I like, we were just talking about dancing. You know, we recently had a sales conference a few weeks back where we all got to dance and I, it was just fun. We, dance for to celebrate for part of the night all the success from the sales reps and that was just it's healing for me um it's just beautiful and I get to bring in and weave into the day-to-day you know the parts that I would call the magic and, and drawing out in others what I see like oh my gosh that person has that super skill but maybe they don't know it yet you know can I work with them on that maybe they can join me on a project and bring their super skill and that super skill they might not even realize, but maybe they have an incredible ability to listen and zone in on something that we need to fix. Like that's a super skill, but not everybody gets a chance to show it. So that's what I think is so cool about where I've been for so long. And that's why I've been there for so long is that it's continuously been a place where 
and it sounds kind of corny, I belong. But as I've evolved in my life, I'm, you know, not the same person I was when I was working there when I was 16, you know, like things have changed, Yeah. but everyone has been very accommodating to that. And like, yeah, show up as you are. And, you know, everyone knows that I show up with my smoothies and my cacao and that I love to dance. And when I go on work trips, there's a blender in the office so I can blend smoothies and I share smoothies with others. <laughs> so that's what's cool. But I think the neat part too is also finding the confidence to show up and be like, yeah, this is kind of who I am and I'm not going to shy away from that anymore. You know, I'm going to talk about some of the energy stuff or weave it in or before I hop on a really like intimidating work phone call, I'm going to do some deep breathing and put on a bubble or I'm going to remind myself how magical I am before I hop on that call and see how my day evolves. Like that kind of stuff has been just the most transformative and rewarding on a personal and a professional level. And it becomes less about the promotion, the next thing, the next, and more about like connection. And that's been just beautiful for where I'm at in my world right now, professionally and personally. And yeah. Mm. I I am just breathing all of this in very deeply Mm. and recognizing a few things that there could be innumerable people working at the exact same company that you are working at that do not feel the way that you do Mm -hmm. that see it as a trap and a place they have to go and a place that keeps them in a box instead of being expansive. And so I think one, I I just want to recognize and underscore that yes, it is this place that has allowed you to expand and to come back home to it and to grow inside of it. But also I think a lot of that credit has to go to you because I think that, like, like I said, another person with a different mindset in the same situation and same organization and same hierarchy and structure mm-hmm. could be perceiving a very different reality. So mm-hmm. I, I want to underscore the expansiveness and the, ownership and agency that is your mindset in this situation too oh that is so kind of you to say and it's funny because it brings me back to moments in my life where I wasn't there and I wasn't at that spot and I I remember a long 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 time ago this is way back and um years I was like maybe two years in and there were some changes happening in the office whatever and I remember going to like a oh gosh a naturopath I think and we were chatting about something And I was complaining about something work-related. And she said to me, you do realize that if you go and do something else, this will follow you. I went, what? And she was like, like, if you don't figure this out now here, you're going to have to figure it out somewhere else. So you better get real with yourself. You better figure this out here. I was like, and it was a big wake-up moment. I was like, oh. And she wasn't saying, if something's really awful and terrible, just stay with it. Like, it wasn't that. But she was like, Hey, maybe there's something you can, you can learn from here. And that's, that was, and I was young then, I think I was like 18, 19. And oh, that, was wow. a, that was a moment where I was like, okay. Yeah. Like maybe it was 20, but, and that, that shaped things. So I, I did, it's so kind of you to say that, but there's been moments where I dipped in and out of like being like, yeah, well maybe the issue's out there. And then sometimes I turn around and I'm like, watch, wow, wow. Okay. Maybe I can look at something inside. And the minute I look inside, and get real and like sit in the muck. And sometimes I'll do this exercise where I imagine 
I feel whatever it is that it is. And I don't always know, but sometimes it's a visual. Like I might be like, okay, it's clumps of globs of something. And I know it sounds weird, but it's like, it just feels heavy. I feel like I'm, you know, carrying bricks or I feel like I, it might not even be a scenario or a specific this happened, but just right now I'm feeling whatever. And I picture it. And sometimes I picture that I've swam down low and I'm at the bottom of something, but I've gone below the water level, which sounds weird. And then there's just this clay and I'm stuck in it and it's mucky and messy. And I just need to witness it. And it's mine. It's my pond. It's my lake. It's my whatever. That's mine. And I stay there and I see what comes up for me. And sometimes I'll have visions come through or I'll have thoughts or feelings, whatever. And I just hold that space as uncomfortable or mucky or whatever messy it could be in that moment of visualization. Yeah. And then I allow myself the permission to honor that and whatever you need to clear it, but then swim back up to the surface because there's still that lake, that ocean and all the awesomeness. And that for me is so moving. When you first, yeah. When you first started talking about this technique that you've created, it sounded to me like the technique of focusing. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that or not. No, it's a, a series of skills that are taught that help you not process things with your mind, but actually kind of tap into the subconscious through your body and the felt sense of what you're experiencing so that you can create an actual physiological shift that allows you to release it so that you don't have to try to analyze with the mind because we can't consciously analyze things that are in the subconscious. And the more you talked about it, though, it, it kind of diverged from that. So as one, I was just curious if you were using that technique or you are aware of it. But two, another question for me sprung up as you were giving me that very clear visual of the muck at the bottom of the lake, which is, what, how do you not get stuck there? Because I, I feel like personally, sometimes if I wade down there and I'm rooting around for any period of time, I can easily find myself stuck there or it can be really easy to sink into more of a depressive, like frozen void space yeah. that gets increasingly difficult to move out of. So yeah. what's your practice for finding everything and feeling everything and holding space for everything at the bottom of that pond, but not getting stuck, not wearing concrete shoes, basically. I love that. That is such a good question. So when, I guess the short answer is I don't go alone. Mm. The long answer in that is that if I'm down there, um, whatever comes to me, it might be a guide. I, I've told you before about kind of getting in tune with my guides. Yeah. Um, and it might be my guide sitting with me, however I picture my guide. And sometimes it's quiet and we're just there together. Like we're just, just to have that person there, that, that energy there. Sometimes it can be an animal. So if it's like um, a pet that I love, sometimes they're there with me. Um, Another thing that I quite often do, um, and I told you this before, is but I imagine that I'm holding my my inner child. So I picture me as a baby. And a lot of this comes back for me, and I know this might not be for everybody, but a lot of stuff for me comes up around childhood, baby time. And I I love babies. Like, I just absolutely love them. But also, I think for a lot of people, that's a very traumatic time for parents and kids because it's a 
transitionary time. And I think different generations as well were, you know, hey, you got to do it this way and whatever. And then kind of looking back, I'm like, okay, was it smooth sailing? Lots of cuddles all the time. Every parent did their best. But so I go back and I hold my inner baby all the time and I check in. And so sometimes I will bring my inner child if it feels right. And I might pretend to have them on it as a carrier and they're there with me, or I might check in with them and see how they're doing. And sometimes we navigate it together. And again, it might not be, I can visualize exactly the thing that's maybe causing pain or exactly the moment, but it could be, here's my sea of muck. And it's sticky. It's hard to get through. Um, There's parts of it that I don't understand. I can't see all of it maybe or whatever, but then I might be there with my inner guide or I might be there. I might be holding my small inner child and maybe either consoling or reading her energy. Are we good? Did we address it? Do we need to run away from ourselves? Nope. We're good. We're good. We're okay. As hard as all of this is, as painful as all of this is, even if it makes no sense, we're good. And I also picture um, a gold cord connecting me always to Mother Earth. So if it's ever like mm-hmm. a gosh, you know, am I, am I wading through this disaster zone? And when can I get back up? And does it just keep getting worse and worse? Everybody has a pond with muck at the bottom. Everybody. And nobody's alone in that. And everybody deserves, I feel, the opportunity to heal and move through that. And you don't jump over it. You don't just stay at the top of your pond and just pretend it's not there. But I think moving through it, as scary as it is, is actually way more therapeutic and way more okaying at when you finally get to the other side and go, I just walked through all that muck. I didn't understand half of it, but I walked, I did it. We're okay. And I got my gold cord connecting me to Mother Earth. She didn't judge. She didn't lose me or leave me. Yeah. She is the muck. She is the clay. It's all connected. Yeah. I'm visualizing you in a full on, not, not even like a new one, but like a, one of those like old school, old timey vintage, um, scuba, like deep dive suits, you know, with like the metal, uh, head thing, almost like you're in outer space kind of looks like, but I'm picturing it and it's fully gilded. Like it's entirely golden. And the, the to the tube that's connecting you like the tether is like coming out of your belly button like an umbilical cord mm-hmm. and you have also this like little inner you this this child that's almost like in a papoose but it's like in the suit like you're <laughs> that's what I'm picturing right now and you're like almost like you're you're walking on the moon you're like trudging slowly through the water in this muck in this giant underwater spacesuit. Yes, I love it. That is so good. I love it. But that's it. And and I think the thing that's cool about that suit too is it's like that helps. You know, it's not like go into the muck and never come out. It's like, oh, you got the suit or you got the, you know, there's guides and everybody's in that same situation. There's a lot of there's a lot of muck in the world and a lot of yeah. trauma and a lot of things to heal from. But it's okay to acknowledge them and it's okay to acknowledge that we might not understand all of it or see all of it. But even just holding that space for it and saying, hey, there's muck. Yeah, I'm going to walk through that and I'm going to hold myself through it too. Like that, that alone, that, 
there's very, it's like, you don't have to read a thousand textbooks and do the 10 push-ups and the 15, whatever, like just that. Yeah. I feel like we all have everything we need to heal. It's just a matter of giving ourselves permission. Yeah. Of tapping into what do I actually need in this moment from an honest perspective, like knowing yourself enough to do that and then giving it to yourself. (laughs) What a revolutionary concept. When, when you're talking, I'm tracking with you. I'm like, yes, I'm in a bubble. Okay. Now I'm underwater. I'm in the muck. I'm seeing this. I'm seeing the suit. I'm seeing all of it. I'm seeing the umbilical cords golden. I get it all. What about people who aren't visual in that way? What about people who are newer to this type of practice? Can't have you always practiced in this way intuitively, Chip? Or has there been a time in your life where you maybe didn't have some of these tools at your disposal? Or you didn't feel maybe the permission to create them intuitively as I think that you do now? Yeah. What were some of your tools then, if you had any, or how how would you adapt this or like help someone who is newer on this journey and hasn't fully stepped into the permission of creating whatever tool they need in the moment to resource themselves? What advice would you give them? Oh, that's so good. Um, that's actually a really good point because I think you nailed on it that I finally gave myself permission to fully just go for what am I seeing? What am I feeling? And then sharing that. And that women's group we were in was really helpful for that. Cause it was mm-hmm. like showing up to class every day with a group of people that would never make you feel crazy. You're like, yeah. Yes. And then I felt this and saw that. And they were like, amazing. I had something similar. And that was really helpful. So I think the number one thing that a lot of people um, don't think to do is to just be with somebody, be with an animal, be with a tree that like just start there like like sit hug a tree sit by a tree be with a pet if you don't have a pet and you feel comfortable being around somebody else's pet just be with their pet like that alone can have such magical outcomes that you don't even need to consciously put an effort to and then the next thing i would recommend is lighting a candle with some if it's music or silence whatever feels good and sitting with that And I feel like there's this constant pressure in many different areas to have the right form of meditation. And I used to have this a long time ago. I mean, I've got to get an app or I've got to read a book or I've got to join a class or whatever. And I just never did it because for some reason it never landed for me. And it wasn't until I joined this women's group that I was like, I've got, I've got meditate. We all have meditation. We all, whatever you call it, however you want to do it. I feel like we all have it in our own unique way. And maybe someone's meditation stance, maybe someone's meditation is sitting with a candle and if our minds are running, I feel like putting the pressure on us to be like, I've got to quiet my mind and have no thoughts come through. For me, I change that into, um, I would like to hear everything you have to say, innership. I would like to hear everything, whatever, where, you, where do you want to go? Let's go. And instead of trying to put rules on myself or... Oh, it's got to look a certain way and I've got to sit cross-legged and have my candle and have whatever. I love that. I do love the candle and I do love the music, but I started just sitting and letting it go. And it got to day three, day four, yes, <laughs> day five, day six, week two, week three. And I just committed every night. And that's where all of a sudden I'd start crying out of nowhere. And there, my dog is beside me. You know, I had a friend, <laughs> my kids yeah. would be asleep. My husband would be asleep or reading. And it would just, 
there was no rhythm or method to it. It was just, I'm just going to be, and I'm going to let myself be. And in that environment, I felt really safe with my candle and my dog. I felt really safe when I was out with a tree. And it evolved from there to having that women's group to sometimes we would all show up and we would dance and be silly. And sometimes we'd show up and we would share things. There was no big rules around it, but all of it was welcome and none of it was shunned or shied away. And that was, that was breakthrough for me. That was like, yeah, we can heal together and we don't always have to have a big plan. We can just hold space. And that's what I think has happened for generations and we've just forgotten it. I think that's what a lot of communities have done throughout the years of just being there and on a frequency and energetic level, that is healing. That is moving. That's enough. I don't think I have had this many deep breaths in many months. (laughs) Thank you so much for everything you are bringing to this conversation. I can't express this enough. As you talk and share, I am just sinking so solidly and into the the nest, the cozy nest that you're weaving with your words in this conversation. Uh, It's beautiful. I love so much that your suggestion was not to immediately go and be with yourself. Can we underscore this? And I want to make also the point that you did not suggest go be with your husband or go be with your friend that you already know, or go be with your parents or go be with someone else who you are very practiced at most likely not being connected to, even though you're next to each other in proximity. And don't go isolate yourself and feel like you have all this pressure to know who you are, connect deeply in all of this. Your advice, if I could put it in different words, my own words, what I took away from it was go be held by someone or some other being, a tree, a candlelight, a pet with unconditional love that will hold you without judgment. And you have to prove nothing. (laughs) and do nothing and be nothing other than present. Oh, you worded that so much better. Yes. (laughs) No, I did not. I promise. However, that is what I took. That is what I took away from what you shared. And I've actually never thought about it that way. I mean, I, I know that I definitely source so much holding from the dogs in my life and other beings like the higher self and, you know, guides and being present with trees and nature and things like that. Even I was just sharing before we started to record today. So I'm I'm there with you, but I never considered that as a great first step. For some reason in my mind, it had always just been very obvious that you need to connect into yourself. And I feel like you articulate this gentle way to get comfortable with being by yourself and being with yourself by creating this container that's unconditional. Like, what a revelation. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. You put that so well. 
I mean, because I think that's a huge first step that is often something that prevents people from doing it. Yeah. You know, okay, so this this podcast is called Higher Self Leadership, or I like to say it differently now, Higher Self Leadership. So basically creating a relationship between your higher soul self and your human being, as well as being that marriage as a leader in the world and leading yourself. So, you know, knowing how to be aware and to regulate and to manage and to resource yourself so that you're showing up in full integrity with the higher self and the human self being aligned and together where I think most people are really just the humans leading the show, right? Like the human and the egos leading the show, the higher self is like there for the ride, but they're really a passenger to the entire existence. And our higher selves do that. Like they're, they're not forceful beings. (laughs) They're they're there for the ride. It's up to us to do the work, to develop a relationship with them and to also like create space for them to be in in tandem in this human body that we're in, right? I believe. Yeah. But it can be very confronting and very challenging, I think, for people to sit with themselves. I mean, there's research studies that show that people would rather receive electric shock than to be alone with themselves (laughs) for a tiny period of time. Have you seen that? No. Oh, yeah. They'll do studies where they'll give people the option of, okay, now, and and I'm very heavily paraphrasing this entire research study, but the basic gist is you can either kind of be here alone without any stimulus other than being with yourself or (laughs) for for a very small period of time, I think, actually, considerably, (laughs) or you can receive a tiny electric shock and you don't have to do it. People choose the shock. I'm not even joking. I'm not joking. Wow. This is a thing. And so that's why I think I'm I'm so reacting to your suggestion, which feels imminently tangible and grounded and accessible for every human on earth to try. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that because I you know, I I feel like it's very easy for me to tap into the visuals and to, for the most part, access a guide or, you know, certainly later in life, as I have reconnected to my younger self and my intuitive creativity and all of that, I've granted myself a lot more permission to simply create the ritual or to create the method, like the bubble or whatever it is. But I think for a lot of people, that feels really far out of reach. Yeah. Some people aren't visual in nature. Um, And so I think what you have articulated is such a, an accessible way to get started. I love it. I can't talk. Okay. I'll stop belaboring that, but (laughs) I just have to, this is so good. This is so good. Okay. So I have more, I have more questions. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Love it. Tell me about how your leadership journey has been a personal growth and a spiritual journey for you oh I love that um I think it started off not it started off like a little bit like I'm a leader now um so when I was younger okay I've got the badge (laughs) I've got a lead 
oh my gosh, <laughs> right? All these people are looking to me and I, I have to be the guy and I have to be the one with the answer. Oh my gosh. Like, and it was just, and I wore it and it was heavy. It was like that bag of bricks. And it took me a while to realize that, um, number one, it was like, it was, it was an honor to lead in the sense that I, I figured out early at some point that every time I got the mic or every time I was brought up on stage to talk, or every time I was in front of a group, to be careful with my words and to make sure that my energy behind it was like compassionate and exciting. Like I, I never stood up and was like, Oh, everybody, everybody sucks. And we didn't make the goals. It's always like, you know, we didn't get these three things, but let's try for these three. And, and so-and-so did something really cool. And do you notice that? And like, and I learned pretty quickly about that one, that for me and my leadership style, I was leaning more into what was possible versus into the, what we didn't hit. Um, but where, where things really started to change for me was one, having kids and realizing that I had to get really organized with my time. So I couldn't, I couldn't work the like, oh, I can just work an extra hour or two. Like, yeah, you got, you got a baby. You can't, you know, you, you got to wrap up and then be with your family. And that was, that was really cool though, because it allowed me to kind of create a little bit more of that balance. But I think the second thing was um, giving myself permission to uh, really honor my own magic and my own gifts and then welcome that from others and create that energetic space. So instead of showing up as the leader, showing up as the, I've got answers or whatever, showing up with, um, you know, similar to what you're doing here with, with questions and a space for it to be a, Hey, what do you, what do you think? And, and I know maybe some listening to me who know me as a project manager, I actually show up quite often with an agenda. We got five things to check off and I want to give people time back and I'm efficient. And that is part of the job, right? Is making sure that everyone has a smooth experience and things get checked off and they make sense. But on an energetic level, um, it took me some time to realize that how I show up energetically is actually what everyone's reading first. When I hop on a call, everyone's reading everyone's energy, even if they realize it or not. When I host a meeting, when I, you know, send out a request to somebody, I need to ask something of them. What's my tone? What's my energy? Where am I at? We're all human. We all have moments where we're more positive than not. We have moments where things are really frustrating and we don't know why. Why is this thing frustrating me so much? What is it in me right now? This is like lighting up a ooh. And having that step back to number one, honor whatever that feeling is and be like, it's okay to feel that way. But then number two, being like, it's also okay to like shine magic and welcome other people's magic because everybody has it. That was the game changer for me for finally giving myself permission to celebrate the magic in everyone else. And I had that from a small child and I knew it as a small child. I could see everyone's magic and everyone used to always say to me, you're so happy all the time. Like it's so annoying. You're always so happy and you're always looking at the positive things. And, but I wasn't trying on that. I could see the good. I could look into an animal and see the potential. I could look into a person and see the potential. I could look I, everywhere. That was something from a young age. And instead of shying away from it, I was like, I'm just going to lean into it. And people either like it or they don't in the corporate realm or in the personal realm. And that's okay. But it was just a fundamental part of who I am. And I think part of one of my missions on the planet this round is to just really, number one, give myself permission to be a magical being and to bring light and love. And yes, there's muck too. But then number two, to actually honor that and welcome that in others. Because I feel like right now in the world, it's this massive assault going on and everybody's like who you are deep down and pretend that you're not bad and show up and 
you know, do you have enough likes in the world? Do, do a lot of people like you? Then that means it's a good thing. Did you have the five jobs and promotions? That's a good thing. But like, who are you inside? And are you letting that shine through? I know it's kind of a long-winded answer, but my, my journey as a leader has been one where I, I started off as leader. And then in the end, I just realized like, wow, the gifts are in so many pockets in so many people. And my gosh, when we just get to even get a fraction of that little light from each person, oof, they, they are they are magical in their in their role at work. They are magical in their personal lives. And if I can get to be a part of that for anyone of, hey, I'm going to hold the space where you can show up and shine that. And I'm also going to hold the space where I celebrate that for you because I don't think people get that anywhere else. I have all the energy in the world for that. It doesn't tax me. But I know it taxes other people to tap into that for them because they're scared. Yeah. And I get that. I honestly, I absolutely get it. So I feel like my mission as a leader isn't to like X amount of sales, X amount of projects, even though all that stuff's fun. But I feel like the undertone of all this is to show up authentic, allow myself to be that, but to also allow others to show up in their authentic selves and to celebrate who they really are. Because it is magical. People in their element is absolutely magical. Humans are incredible. And they are so much potential and it's magical. It's incredible. I am getting so emotional on this conversation today. I feel like everything that you are saying is just peeling back the layers of my ego armor around my soul, like, and my heart. Oh my God. I, as you were talking about the potential and the magic in people and seeing and be and coming from this place of positivity. It really struck me how much I and I think the world is set up for us to discern out flaws and differences first. Yeah. And to criticize and to judge and to classify and to have opinions first without actually seeing people and certainly without identifying the magic or the potential before we write them off. And <sighs> that was something that was just innate in you that survived childhood basically is what you're telling me. So it feels like that survived childhood. Is it, am I interpreting that correctly? <laughs> elements, yeah. And some of it, it was magical. But in some elements, yeah, everyone's got the trauma. And everyone's got the... I think everybody has lived a life of, in most homes, very few circumstances where it was like, absolutely show up with your divine magical self and just dance that around as much as you can. Because our parents were doing their best in their box and then they were relaying that. So, you know, I had, I had a great childhood. I had lots of love I had lots of support, but also there was a lot of just programming that went on that, you know, that alone is traumatic. <laughs> so yeah, it was really? way easier to fit in all the time and to say what people wanted to hear and to, you know, stuff that all down versus to be like, yeah, Actually, I want to go hug trees today. You know, like that, now I'm like, I don't care what people think. I'm like, I'm hugging the tree. We were skiing last weekend. I was hugging trees and some other skier went by later and called me a tree hugger. Like, 
I'm like, yeah. Yeah, Yes, I I am. I I don't don't even know if you meant it in a nice way. I was like, yeah. I'm okay with it. Five seconds later, he's crashing into a tree because he's watching you have a tree. Uh, (laughs) oh my gosh well the reason why i mentioned that with the potential versus seeing the flaws first is because Mm -hmm. i'm right in the middle of studying the 17th gene key Mm -hmm. and the shadow is opinion and its programming partner is the 18th gene key the shadow of which is judgment And the two together just reinforce the left-brained mind and its tendency to separate, classify, and put things into hierarchy and assign value and see flaws, basically, first and have opinions and stances and viewpoints that must be defended and I was recognizing in the shadow of opinion my own tendency in the past to, and this is all, by the way, rooted in self-judgment, right? So so anything that you're projecting out to the world that you're judging of others, that you have an opinion on of others, that you see as a flaw in others is typically directly linked into having some type of issue with that for yourself some judgment or some i have moments where i'm like i gotta catch myself on that all the time i'm like oh my gosh and um uh, so this this particular expression of opinion for me i could recognize earlier in my career in life when this was before i recognized other people didn't see the world that i the way that i did (laughs) like in my 20s like fully through my 20s even thinking to myself why can't people just get this done like I do why would people do things differently than how I think they should be done why are not people you know like it was part control but also there was a judgment and an opinion in there about how things should be done and that they should be done how I think they should be done and that's based on my viewpoints and how I see the world and if you diverged from that, I found flaws in you. If yeah. you asked other people for help, I found flaws in you of being weak or lacking ambition or take charge yeah. attitude or figuring things out and being resourceful. You know, yeah. like if if you did things differently, if you wanted to collaborate, I was like, that's a waste of time. Yeah. But, you know, like I... <laughs> I just find it interesting because I definitely was susceptible to that. And it was because it was all just so rooted in my own insecurity and my own self-judgment. And I think that's where we get to with a lot of this stuff. So seeing the potential and the magic in other people is something that I I feel like I do now too. Totally Instead of flaws first, right? Or even if I do at first see what I perceive to be a challenge or a flaw or in most cases, a pattern that someone's playing out that no longer serves them is actually what I see. Not, I don't classify it as a, a flaw, but I'm like, oh, you're running that pattern again. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Why can't you see that? Yeah. Um, uh, yep. But now I see it with a lot more compassion yeah. and I see it without an agenda 
And without, I would say without, but I can navigate around my own projection about the issue. Like you were saying, it's like I can see, oh, this is rising something in me. And I have that conversation with myself instead of making it about the other person and making them wrong or making them flawed. Yeah, totally. I love that. I love that. I just to add on to that, too, I feel like I had, um, what was it the other day, a few weeks ago, I was chatting with my hubby about, you know, something and we were talking about someone that we know that tends to, you know, respond with negativity all the time, or everything's always like the glass is half empty. And, and we were chatting with that and kind of giggling a little bit about like, you know, that, but, but I stopped for a minute. And I said, Oh, wow. And I'm like, can you imagine what that would have been like for that person growing up? And we both stopped because we're both parents with young, you know, husband and I, they're girls. And I'm like, can you imagine where this all started? For it to be that harsh now for this person who's in their, you know, retirement years. And I'm like, can you imagine for them to still have that response to be so negative and they're so bitter and they're so angry? And it took me back and I just pictured them as a small child. And I was like, oh, and I got choked up. And and he kind of looked at me and he went, you're right. And it was just a different way of holding space. And we, we can, you know, show up for this, you know, person in our lives. And it's not a, there is no, yeah, well, you know, you need to treat me this way. You need to show up these wide ways and be nicer. And it's like, hey, I, I've got me covered, you know, and I'm just going to, in my heart of hearts, send some beautiful energy to that inner child that's still in there that's screaming, crying, hurting because of everything they endured to show up that way. And you're right, it's a pattern. And I'm not saying that we should show up in our lives for if it's an abusive situation or if it's repetitively negative. Like I, I'm a huge fan of, you know, follow the sun, you know, if there's lots of sunlight on your face over here, follow that. That's great. Like, like lean into the awesomeness. Like we don't have to show ourselves. Like let's, let's follow the awesome things in the world. It's, it's incredible in ourselves, but when we are around circumstances and people, and that's way more frequent in the world now than I've ever seen way more people are struggling than I've ever seen. And maybe I'm just more awake to it now. But I have less blame and more compassion, like you're saying, to say, you know, they've probably been through a lot and yeah. I, I don't have to hold it. I don't have to carry that for them. I can let them. They are also on their journey. They also have access to peace. They also have access to healing, but that's their journey. It doesn't have to look like the way it is for me. And I don't have to judge where they're at and I don't have to hold it. It's almost like, you know, the, uh, I know it's kind of a weird one, but you know, like the, the, the bull and like you hold out the red and it's like the bull's mm-hmm. the red and you're always kind of like leaned out to the side. like. Shoo. And sometimes I feel like that in life where it's almost like kind of like dancing gracefully or like, okay, well, that's another like, an angry person that went by. And here's another situation that was a little yeah. bit, whatever, but I'm not caring. I'm not catching it and carrying it and holding it and feeling like I have to fix it or be like my fault. Like, Hey, they got a journey and respect, got some respect and, and, but I don't have to hold it. And I think that's an important part of this where it's, still loving and honoring ourselves and still, I can still see their magic inside. I can still see their beautiful inner child. I can still see their potential, but it's their responsibility to bring that to life. And I can create a platform. I can create, I can create an energetic and I can also take it or leave it. If they decide to jump into their awesomeness or not, that's theirs. It's not mine to do for them. It's not mine to hold for them. And for so many years of my life, that was part of the programming I had as a child was I had to dance around things and try to fix everything and try to make everything good. And, I'm not saying my parents 
deliberately asked that of me, but that's just kind of how our whole family worked. And now I, I, I kind of look at that and go, that wasn't a pattern that I needed to repeat in my life, even though I did in work scenarios and stuff. And then it was a really great lesson to go. I can just, I can let people go on their journey and I can absolutely love myself and I can still see the magic in them, but it doesn't have to wear me down because it's up to them to light it up yeah. in this lifetime or the next. I think you are pointing to something that is so, so key to digest and understand and embody, which is you are only responsible for yourself and your own work, but also to go further from that, like the more you love and accept yourself, the more space you have to love and accept others and recognize it's not your job to fix or change them. That's their responsibility. Just like you are on your own journey. So I think what I want to underscore in how you talk about what you've learned is the softness and the love that comes through what you say, because there are a lot of people out there saying it's you are your only responsibility and self-care can be selfish and you need to set all of these rigid boundaries and cut people out and no one can have access to your energy. And it's like going the opposite direction, which is still like a pole with the similar energetic, which is like, now I am so individual and they are, it's like they're overreaching for sovereignty and overreaching for empowerment such that they are separating themselves further. And there's a balance to walk. And you didn't specifically say it, but I felt it in how you spoke. So tell me if I'm overreaching here. But what came across to me was, yes, do that work, but do it in a way where you are softening to yourself. You're not creating more boundary. You're not creating more separation. The doing the work to be for yourself and take care of yourself is also the work of acceptance and unconditional love and creating compassion for self, which has to mirror external to you as well. Yeah. You worded that so well. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I love how you summarize everything, but that's exactly it. That's exactly it. I like this, like what you talk about the softening and you and I have talked about boundaries before and beautiful boundaries, but yes, it's exactly that. It's not about creating you know, before we hop on a dialogue, there's 15 rules and you have to do five jumping jacks and whatever. And before we even talk, it's like, show up as you, I'll show up as me. And, and there, there are energetic yeses and nos all the time. Right. But, it, but it's like creating that, that space of, I need to show up really okay. And loving me. That was the, the goal today. I got to show up and have taken care of my, my inner child, my like, and yeah, I showed up with cacao and stuff too. I, there's lots of self-care going on, but like, I showed up like I, and you showed up the same thing too. We had a good chat before we even hit record on this about being honest about where we're at and just holding that beautiful space and loving ourselves first and honoring ourselves first. And I can't, I know that sounds so cliche, but there's, there's so much that comes out of that. And like we started at the top of the call, it doesn't have to be fancy. You don't have to get 15 apps and do all these books and meditation like like literally sit with a tree for a bit hang out with an animal 
you know, and that will help ground that and set that and be okay with yourself before you show up anywhere. And that will in turn give everybody else permission in that space to show up differently than they might have. They might show up less defensive. They might show up fewer of their patterns than they have in the past. That constantly angry person might smile today because they feel like they can. Mm -hmm. And being open to those pockets of surprises when they happen is one of those beautiful gifts to witness in humanity right now when people are actually really scared to show up as themselves, more scared than they've been in a long time. It's incredible. And it's more, gift- more scared that they've been, but also more in recognition that it's imperative that they do so, you know, like everyone wants everyone to show up honestly. Now I, I, I feel like a lot of the falsehoods like really slipping away for, I mean, that's great. But <laughs> I think it's starting to like the cracks are starting to widen in this reality we've constructed and agreed to. Oh, I want to ask you about so many other things, mothering, but I know we have limited time today. So I am going to ask you, of course, to come back and record another episode or many focused on the grounded and loving way that you parent and mother these two girls that you have given birth to because witnessing that is extraordinary and the world needs more examples of that so we'll hold we'll put a pin in that but that's coming soon (laughs) because I cannot wait to dive into that conversation with you but let's wrap up today with what are some some other like lingering thoughts or practices that you feel like can equip people, can connect people? And you've shared so many already. Mm-hmm. What What is anything else that's on your heart right now that you'd like to share with people as we're navigating just this very turbulent transitional period of time? Yeah. No, I think that's a good one. I think there's a few things that I do regularly that are are simple and they're slow. (laughs) I roll these days. Um, Number one, I call it my campfire. I told you about this. I imagine there's a campfire in front of me and anywhere that I'm feeling tension, if it's like a feeling and, or an ick or a heaviness or whatever, I close my eyes and I picture it and I pull it out and throw it in the campfire. And it's Mother Earth's campfire. It's friendly, you know, imaginary. So where's my voice today? If there's a block, I pull it out of my throat. If I'm feeling my shoulders or like I'm carrying the weight of stuff, mine might look like bricks, right? If my back's sore from something, maybe it's a blob off the back and I just visualize it. And, and actually the act of taking your hand and doing this sounds weird. I do it with my girls all the time, my kids. You know, oh, let's take it and put it in the fire. Right. So they throw things in the fire all the time. Yeah, throw in the fire. Great. Do that. The other thing I do is I do what I call the bubble. And so if there's a situation or a conflict that's happening, I don't ignore it or just, well, it's fine. They'll just go away. I, I sit down and I imagine a bubble and I imagine that person in it. And it's usually like a, a visual. So they're kind of smaller. And I imagine maybe what they're going through and, and different things will come to me. It might be a scene or maybe they've got their own conflicts or whatever. And I disconnect if there's a cord with the bubble on me, if I'm holding it and it's heavy, 
I disconnect that cord with imaginary scissors. So I'm not holding it anymore. So if there's conflict and something's coming at me all the time, I'll just disconnect that cord and I send them in their bubble to their light. So this is not part of the campfire. We don't send that into the campfire. We send them to their light so that they can have access to what they need. Because I feel like everyone's connected to their own healing, their own support system. And if it keeps coming back to me, there might be a reason that I'm attracting that. But if it's not mine, then I need to disconnect the cord and send it to their light. And that's actually really helpful, especially for people that tend to be energy readers and they soak up everything around them. Imagine that person, that bubble or that situation and send it to light. And the last thing I do, I do this all the time. I do it like almost every morning when I wake up, especially with all the energy frequency stuff going on. Really calm people are waking up anxious now. Really anxious people are heightened anxious. And there's a lot of stuff going on in our environment that I think is kind of turning on our cellular activity in ways that might not be all the time. And so I wake up in the morning and I imagine every one of my cells in my body opening up little hands and being ready for whatever it is, a peaceful day, a joyful day, a smooth day. And I don't do too granular with a vision board. It's not like, and then I'm going to win 50 bucks, the local lottery, and then I'm going to get that perfect latte. It's not that. It's just every cell in my body ready and waiting for an awesome day, whatever that looks like. People showing up in a great way. I envision things being smooth. I envision things being joyful. And just that feeling in every cell in my body. And then I imagine a little magnet in my tummy and I turn it. When my kids and my husband, I do this. And turn it on to magnetize these things. We don't have to go running for it. Let's just welcome it in, magnetize it in. Those are the things I do on the regular. I do that between meetings at work. If something, if I'm getting onto a call and I'm nervous about it and there's a big group, I take the nervousness out and throw it to a fire, right? If I have conflict with, it could be work, personal, I do the bubble and I send them to their light. And if I'm nervous about uh, something playing out or anxious, every cell in my body, I welcome it to the best possible outcome. So that I'm ready for that outcome. And it's miraculous to see what unfolds when you do those things. I, I've done it now for a couple of years and my life has drastically changed. Every day has become way more of a joy with those simple things. Mm. And it's just, yeah, they're simple, they're little, but they, for me, are super grounding and they're a daily exercise now. And it's, yeah. yeah. Well, I need to go put a whole bunch of things in bubbles. <laughs> I'm taking away what I love so much about what you shared chip is that these are not techniques that someone taught you these are things you created for yourself so if we have not underscored this enough you have full permission to create whatever you need and I think to some people these things would seem you know like oh that's silly no Chip is creating the reality that she's in and she is fully feeling and seeing and interacting with these things that she's creating. They are alive for her in her world. I, and when you describe them, I can see them and feel them. I want to go try the techniques. Like these things are alive. We have the capacity to create so many things for the world, but also so many things for ourselves that we need yeah. And so I I want to leave our conversation with this. Go back to when you were a kid. Remember the magic that you had. Remember the creativity and the play that allowed you to explore without editing and judging and scrutinizing. Is this silly? Am I allowed to do this? You are allowed to create whatever you want. <laughs> 
you are allowed to imagine bubbles and have them serve a purpose and leave after having played with these techniques, leave feeling better and restored and alive. There's just so much available to us in terms of magic surrounding us that I think we ignore and we don't tap into. And I really felt that come alive again in this conversation. Thank you. It is joyful and it's playful. And yeah, it's like going back to our, our inner child. Yeah. Thank you you so much for this chip. Love you. you. Love you too. And thank you for hosting. That was just such a, such a treat. I, it's an honor to be here with you. So thank you. Wonderful. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Higher Self Leadership Podcast. I'm really honored to be building this little community around this podcast, around the Muse and Method Substack and Strange Magic Dance Journeys on Tuesday nights, as well as the work that I'm doing to study and embody and share the Gene Keys. If you're interested in continuing a conversation with me, you can find me on Instagram at Brian Elise. I'm also somewhat active on LinkedIn. Follow the or subscribe to the YouTube channel for Muse and Method, where you can access all of the replays from Gene Q's Shadow School that I have been doing. And of course, leave me a comment, send me a DM, send me a note. I'd love to hear from you. And if you're listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, would you please take the time, if you received some value from this podcast or another episode, to leave a review. And I would be so appreciative of that. This is how podcasts like this one get shared and spread with the world. So thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time.